Help keep Kinks and Beats daily ad-free and receive bonus content early with a contribution of 20 cents per episode. Visit herohabit.com slash shop for more information. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. This is episode 147. Before we get started today, I wanted to let you all know, in case you didn't know already, we have started a new Facebook group devoted to this podcast. Um, We've taken down all the uh, social stuff on herohabit.com in order to keep that site running smoothly and and, uh, uh, for the users there. And then we're you know, starting a, a Facebook group. So you can go join over there, talk about episodes, talk about the bands um, with other like-minded fans from around the world. Uh, it's brand new. We've already got some uh, conversations going and I'd love to have you guys over there. So visit Hero Habit, um, facebook.com slash Hero Habit. And in there you can find the group tab or you can just search for Kinks and Beats Daily um, on Facebook and join the group. We'd love to have you there. Um, today. We are talking about the song Tell Me Why by the Beatles. Um, This song, I think, is kind of a lost song for a lot of people, even though it appears in one of their movies, their first movie, Hard Day's Night, um, which Roger Ebert says is the Citizen Kane of rock and roll movies. It was released July 10th, 1964 on the Hard Day's Night soundtrack. And the only, quote, live performance of the song was for the film, even though it's it's lip sync, but it's the only time they performed it in front of an audience. Um, but I guess they never really sang it live. It was recorded in eight takes, the eighth being the one that was released on the album on February 27th, 1964. This session was also used to record uh, And I Love Her, which they had redone several times um, and had eventually did a couple takes of it on this date that they liked and if i fell um, which all ended up on the hard days night soundtrack so this was a very productive session for them february 27th 1964 and the song clocks in at just over two minutes and despite that it's got a lot of information in it um that we'll get to in a little bit it was released as a b-side to if i fell um which was in britain but it was originally intended to be a british export so they had no real uh, – um, it was never officially a single in the UK, uh, and it has never been considered that. And although some people did sell it in the UK, it never charted, it never did anything like that. It was it was pressed um, to be sold like in Italy as a British export. So uh, you can find vinyls um, of this song as the B-side to If I Fell, which is actually a really good uh, – 45 if you can get your hands on it if i fell back with tell me why so it's a solid 45 but the reason that it never charted in in the uk um is simply because it was not intended to be an official release this tune is a solid rocker takes a lot from the girl groups of of the era that the band liked and john admitted that that he wanted it to sound like uh the like the new york he said the new york girl groups of the fifties and sixties. And I think he achieves that um, mostly because of the chord progression he's using. I just dropped my guitar pick. So let me see if I can find that. There it is. 
He starts, and we've talked about this a few times, especially when we're talking about either the Kinks or the Beatles using uh, like a 50s pastiche. He opens up with a uh, 2-5 progression. And we're in the key of D, so that 2-5 is just E minor to A7. And then when it finally resolves, we're in the downbeat of the, of the song. All right. So this is where it gets weird because um, the song opens with this intro, this 2-5 intro, and it's basically all chorus. After the intro, it jumps right into a two-phrase chorus. All right. So we've got the tell me why you cry and why you lie. So that's the chorus, right? Tell me why you cried and why you lied to me. And they say it twice, but that's basically the chorus. And it's just um, chord progression wise. It's a one chord to a six chord to a two chord to a five chord back to one. And then it's got like a little turnaround, a two five turnaround that they don't need to put in there. But it adds a little bit of flavor to the song, and it and it turns you around back to um, the D chord. Um, and that's it. So that's the chorus. And one cool thing about it is that when you get out of the turnaround, the phrase ends on a D6 chord. Um which is still in the key of D. So that's not changing the key really. We're not, it's not a borrowed chord. But what Paul does is in, for the most part, he's just going, uh, uh, he's sticking to, you know, the chord structures, the chord tones. And here where most guys would go D to A, he goes D to B over that D chord. which is the six. And then that leads you into the uh, turnaround. So it's kind of a cool little hook that Paul does by playing the sixth on the bass instead of the fifth, which would be the logical thing to do on the bass. That's, that's where you're going to most likely go. So then the verse comes in after that. And the verse we're going to say, well, I gave you everything I had, but you left me sitting on your, on my own. That we're going to say is the verse because the lyrics are changing, but it's still. It's the exact same chords as the chorus, but what they did was they omitted the 2-5 turnaround. So it's just going right. Well, I gave you everything I had. Then you left me sitting on my own. Did you have to treat me all so bad? All I do is hang my head and moan. So they just took out the 2-5 the hook. All right. So there's that. And then we did still um, have an actual bridge. So even at two minutes, we've got choruses, we've got verses, and they've actually got a bridge. And when we get to the actual bridge, the song shifts to the 4 and then climbs to the 5, then to the 6, and then jumps back to 2-5-1. All right. And then also, so it sounds like a tonal shift. 
Uh, it sounds like we're changing keys, but we're really not. We've never strayed away from the key of D. And there's only one note in the entire song, um, chord-wise, that's not in the key of D. And it comes in this bridge. And it's this F natural. Well, I'm begging on my bended knee. If you only listen to my pleas. That F natural uh, is the only borrowed chord. Um in the entire song. So we're doing Well, I'm begging on my bended knee If you'll only listen to my pleas If there's anything I can do Cause I really can't stand it I'm so in love with you Tell me why Then we're back to the chorus. So we never really drift away from the key of D. It's also kind of cool that Is there anything I can do? That falsetto um comes out of nowhere they don't do it anywhere else um but it's there and then the final chord uses a deceptive cadence so deceptive cadence is when you have a five seven chord and then it resolves to anything but one okay in this case it's resolving a six chord and it changes the harmonic foundation because it should not end on a six but john and paul sing the same notes as if they'd landed on the one chord all right, so that's kind of cool. The band goes one place, but the vocals stay where the where you would think they would stay, and then um, then they kind of backpedal by half steps to get back to uh, home. So we're doing. Tell me why you cry and why you lie to me. So here's the authentic cadence: A seven to D. So here's the deceptive cadence. So the B minor has a lot of notes similar to a D chord. So that's why they can make the um, uh, the vocal parts go to the same spot. And then they just backpedal back down to D. It's a cool little arrangement. There's a lot of harmonic hooks on this that I think help build that um, girl group sound that John was talking about. Um, so despite it being a simple song over pretty standard changes that never fully modulates out of one home key, there are some little harmonic moments that add to that signature Beatles sound. George Martin is playing the left hand of a piano um, to add some rhythmic support throughout the whole thing. You hear this, whoops, you hear this, uh, Is down, up, down, up, down, up. And that supports this rhythmic, it's a rhythmic support that balances Paul's bass line, which is virtually all walking quarter notes. Bum, bum, ging, gung, 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 ging, gung, 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 gung. Right? Personally, I think the piano is way too high in the mix. And Martin doesn't always lock into the shuffle groove of the song. So even though it's a, it's a standalone note you still have to swing that upbeat you can't and sometimes george martin kind of hits it flat on the upbeat and doesn't do the shuffle and there's you've got to be that subdivision of the triplet there to make this groove work for the bridge 
Martin drops out. And there is no piano backing. And I think the band sounds immediately tighter um, when there's no piano there. And listen to it. And listen to what the guitars are doing in connection to what Ringo's playing on the drums. And when, when that piano drops out during the bridge, the band sounds immediately tighter because those four guys know how to play a shuffle together. Right? They're always locked in rhythmically. Um, and I think the energy actually boosts up because you hear more of what the guitars are doing. And there's a lot of cool rhythm guitar stuff happening in this song that gets lost by that um, that left-handed piano driving so high up in the mix. So that's Tell Me Why. It's a good tune. Um, I mean, Hard Day's Night is so full of good songs. The album, I mean, and the movie, but the album's so full of good songs. It's the only album to, f- to exclusively feature Lennon and McCartney tracks. No covers, no Harrison songs. Um, and I'm sure they thought of this as a throwaway, but it's such a good little rocker and like i said it's two minutes but what would you add this isn't really a song that screams for a guitar solo doesn't need another verse doesn't need any more chords like it's it's a perfectly constructed two minute song and it served its purpose in the movie and you know was probably something they threw together i mean they took eight takes to do it and john probably spent an hour writing it so this was not something that they devoted a ton of time to and yet it's a strong um up-tempo early Beatles track that hits a lot of the notes that we like for early Beatles recordings. So tell me why you can, um, like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, join our Facebook group, um, which I think has an easy, uh, if you go to herohabit.com under the podcast button, there's a link to get to this Facebook group, but I think it's something like facebook.com slash group slash kinks and beats or something like that. It's very easy to find. Um, you can also still reach me, kinks and beats at herohabit.com for email or call me 925-494-1739. I am saving your voicemails for bonus material um, that we will release every so often. And for contributors, um, I know that our schedule has been a little bit wonky lately. It looks like um, everything's back to normal. We'll be getting on a regular release schedule now. But um for subscribers as a thank you, you're actually going to get an exclusive bonus episode that is not ever going to be released um, on the, the normal feed. And that's going to be devoted to George Harrison's signature sound. We're going to do an analysis of his signature sound as a songwriter and as a producer. And that's going to go to contributors um, that will never get released to the general public. So keep that in mind as a thank you for for um, helping us keep the lights on and keeping this podcast running. All right. I will talk to you guys soon. Remember to swing by iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review and tell all your friends to listen. All right. Thank you so much. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.